Then he turned and started running. I couldn't figure it out. What'd you do? Well, as soon as he came back to run, I went for him and tackled him. Fought like a tiger. That's why I say I slugged him. I, I had to, Oscar. There's something awful funny about the whole thing. Wait over there. Well, look here. There's spots right here. Fell out of his coat when I slugged him. You take a look. Yeah. Here. Must be three, four dozen in there. Rings, all kinds. Yeah. Looks like diamonds in them, doesn't it? The ambulance arrived, and we took the unconscious fuel robbery suspect to Georgia Street receiving hospital. After he was revived and treated for cuts and bruises, we took him back to the city hall at the interrogation room. We fitted the description of the jewelry store bandit almost exactly. He refused to talk. He wouldn't even give us his name. We had his fingerprints taken, and then we had them checked through R&I. The man was identified as Vernon Albert McCauley, an ex-convict out of Folsom and a two-time loser. He served one five-year term for armed robbery and another three years for ADW. We checked out the wrecked car he'd been driving and found out that it had been stolen two blocks from the scene of the holdup. We had the manager of the jewelry store, which had been robbed, brought downtown. He identified McCauley as the bandit. The suspect still refused to talk. Ben and I took him to the main jail, where he was booked on suspicion of 211 DC. 4.15 p.m. We checked back in at the office. Took some of them a long time to learn for. Two-time loser. This one ought to finish him. I can't take it. He's been out of post in seven months and going right back in again. Mm-hmm. Well, we can get the complaint from the DA tomorrow and set the arraignment for Thursday. Yeah. Maybe check with the manager of the jewelry store first. wonder if McCauley could have been in one of those gas station holdouts. Remember? Last month? Yeah. Well, we'll have him in the show up Thursday and see what happens. You want to take care of the arrest report? Yeah, I'll get out an ATB, too. Might turn up some outside jobs on him. I feel hungry. You still got that candy bar from lunch? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, here you go. Uh-huh. What's the matter with you lately, anyway? I don't know. You've been eating like a horse. Stand the time. I'll stop. I'll get it. What do you got, Joe? Okay. and an all-points bulletin were gotten out on Vernon McCauley. All units in the vicinity of the escape were alerted. An hour passed. There was no report on the suspect. We checked with the main jail and got the details on the escape. They told us that while McCauley was being locked up in his cell, he pushed his fingers into the door jam and had them badly mashed when the cell door closed on them. Both of McCauley's wrists were then handcuffed, and along with two other ailing suspects, he was taken over to Georgia Street Receiving Hospital by a pair of transportation officers. Going up the stairs to the hospital, McCauley had turned suddenly, kicked one of the officers in the stomach, plugged the other one, and escaped. It happened at about 4.14 p.m. By 11 o'clock that night, there wasn't a trace of the suspect. 7.30 the next morning, Ben and I checked back in for work. McCauley was still at large. Overnight report, Joe. Handle up. Oh, we got Yeah. Make a store? Gas station? Mm-hmm. Another liquor store. All three of them held up between midnight and 2 a.m. Take a look at the bank description. Mm-hmm. Yeah. WMA, 5 feet, 950 pounds. Medium bill, dark ages, hearing my eyes, fair complexion, deep scar on chin. How about Why didn't waste time getting started again, did he? It's a pretty big come down if it's McCoy. Diamond theft the liquor store. Well, he had to do something. He didn't have any clothes, no money. How about that car he used on those jobs? Stolen. He covered earlier this morning. 
They're going over to Plain. So now, Joe? Really? Get on this one right away. We're going to just have to call a minute ago. What's that? Here's the name, man, Jerry. Matthew Rob. He runs a candy store near one of the great schools over in Boyle Heights. He might be able to tell you something. Yeah, about what? Nicole. saw him last night. We got in the car and drove over to the Boyle Heights district where we located Matthew Hobbs' place of business. It was a small store on Delray Avenue, one block from the neighborhood grammar school. The sign out in front read, New Geneva Candy Parlor and Variety Store. There was the usual display in the window. A wind-up train, a few inexpensive dolls, pencils, writing tablets, and some crepe paper. Inside, the main attraction was two long showcases filled with a variety of penny candies. There was a small photo at the rear of the store with a slab of worn marble. Matthew Hobbs was a small, thin man. He looked to be in his mid-60s. He sat behind one of the counters selling cellophane bags of Christmas candy while he talked to us. We asked him about Nicola. Yes, that's right. Gentleman was here last night. About 10 o'clock, 10.15. No later. You want me to help him? Did you know Nicola that well, Mr. Hobbs? Hmm, as well as I know most of the kids who grew up around here. Yes, I guess I knew him well. well what did he ask for in the way of help? His money, clothes... Got no family left. I guess I was the only one who thought to come to. Mm-hmm. Well, how is it that you didn't notify us sooner, Mr. Hobbs? I knew you'd ask. I'd like to explain if I could. Yes, sir, please. Did you hand me that stack of bags there, Sergeant? Uh-huh. No. No, 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 the number two. Yeah, those, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, here you are. Thank you. As I said, he knocked on my back door about 10 o'clock, and I let him in. I said, just like an animal. Some kind of crazy animal. Did he have handcuffs on? Yeah, but the chain connected him was broken. He made me pile off. He handcuffed Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't do it at first. I had no idea what was going on. He said he'd kill me if I didn't help him. But threatening me. I never saw Vernon like that before. Uh-huh. Go on, please. You know, Sergeant, I knew that boy when he was in grammar school right up the street there. Won't you sit down and think sometimes, huh? Where they grow up and change? Yes, sir. Well, what happened after you took the cuffs off of him? Then he got out of his jail clothes and put on one of my suits. Took what I had in my wallet, twelve dollars, and then he kept running around and he found my gun. He took that with him too. Well, didn't you think of calling for help? Not the way you acted, Sergeant. Just like a crazy animal. I'd have killed you if I'd have tried anything. Warned me not to tell anybody who was here. Said he'd come back and kill me if I did. Well, I waited till this morning and I called the police. You said McCoy took a gun from Mr. Hatton. What kind of a gun was it? Thirty-two automatic. Cold. I've had it for years. I have it registered with you people. He took just what he pleased, clothes, guns, money. If you want the truth, Sergeant, I just wasn't brave enough to try to stop him. Well, when Nicole left here, did you notice if he had a car? No, he, he left on foot. Walked across the street and went down that way, uh, towards town. I don't know. I, I don't suppose you'll get too far. I, I hope not. Do you have any idea who he might try to contact? Some of his old friends, his relatives? No, no. He doesn't have any folks I know of. Terrible thing, isn't it? Kids growing up. Yeah. The way they change, like Nicole. I don't understand them when they're kids. Seen hundreds of them come through here. Know what they're thinking, how they feel. Kind of a hobby. I understand kids. Yes, sir. The trouble is they grow up. All of a sudden they stop being kids. Yes, sir. I don't understand them after that. After we left the candy store, we went back to the office and got out a supplementary APB containing a description of the suspect's clothing and the gun that he'd stolen. Together with Gonzalez and Tanya from robbery, Ben and I checked all of Nicole's known friends in his usual hangout. Stakeouts were placed. We got nowhere. The late evening holdups continued. Each of the victims identified Nicole as the bandit. 
He was the same M.O. in each case. He worked only on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. He'd steal a car, pull three holdups in the same general area within an hour, abandon the car in the same area, and then disappear. Two weeks passed, and then a month. The weekend robberies went on. In the most recent holdup victims, we found out that Nicole had picked up a partner. We checked the man's description to his staff's office. Each of the stolen cars used by the suspects and then abandoned were checked for print. They failed to identify the second man. The holdup continued. Nicole and his partner were still at large. Monday, January 26th, 8.30 a.m. Betty and I met with Captain Didion. What's the count, Captain? He used him three holdups Friday, three Saturday, three Sunday. He's proved his point. He's consistent. Now, when do you blow the whistle on him? We're doing everything that can be done. Stake out, get some units on duty. Not enough. The corner pocket wants some results. They want them fast. Uh, how about the time vector to the three stick-ups last night? Have they been double-checked? No, correct. There's something else for you. Take it out. What is it, Joe? Oh, look here. The drugstore out in West Hollywood robbed at 11.14 p.m. Huh? All right, now this one. Coffee shop out in the valley robbed at 11.21 p.m. Both of them the same M.O.'s same area. Well, it doesn't trade you. They couldn't have made it from the spot in West Hollywood after the valley in seven minutes. It's not possible. There's a report. Check it. I know, but how could they do it? There must be some way to work out the answer. There's got to be. I can give you a shortcut, you know. Nicole, find him. Another two weeks passed, and then two weeks more. Besides the extra men and units put in service on weekends, two dozen separate stakeouts were established in areas where we figured Nicole and his accomplice would strike. Didn't help much. The holdups continued. There was only one difference. The description of the bandit didn't drive anymore. We still didn't have an answer to the superhuman speed that the two gunmen seemed to show and robbing victims at widely separated points all within a short period of time. We stayed on it. Friday, February 21st. Ben and I took our turn on night stake out in a vacant store on Sunset Boulevard. We were assigned to cover a drugstore and a bar directly across the street. We spent two weekends on the job. It was quiet. Nothing happened. The third weekend was no different. One thing's for sure, we never have any luck taking stakeouts. No, we don't. This empty store must be the grassiest place in town. Well, we've had worse. What time you got? Mm, five past midnight. A little band over in the bar sure earn their money, don't they? Mm, allowed anyway. Sure, but hmm? have a look. Hey, you car down the street, there, see? Oh, yeah, they're heading for the bar. What do you think? Both got dark here. About the same bill. Looks like they're in a hurry. They're going in the bar. Yeah, come on. Come on, we better hurry. That's it. Come on. All right, throw them again. Look out. All right, hold it, hold it. Throw them again. Now, come on. Hands behind your head. Watch out. Right there. Come on, I'll get you. You all right, Ben? Yeah. You had a good point. Well, that's both of them. That wraps it up, huh? Well, you better look again. Huh? Neither one of them is Macaulay. You are listening to Dragnet, a series of authentic case histories documented from official files. 
Many of our corporate customers are worried about employees going wild purchasing office supplies. StaplesLink.com allows them to set up workflow approvals and gives them more control over purchases. StaplesLink.com and IBM are bringing office supplies and office management together. I'm Emery Keen of StaplesLink.com, Vice President of Business to Business E-Commerce. StaplesLink with a great idea, a giant step forward. Mrs. Clara Fontaine was out of town. 
She said that while she was gone, her daughter Norma was looking after the place. The daughter was employed as a secretary at the Blue Cross Hospital plan office over on Wilshire Boulevard. We called the office and arranged for another stake out at the apartment court. 1.25 p.m. We located the landlady's daughter at the Blue Cross office on Wilshire. We showed her Nicole's mug shot. Yeah, it's Oh, you're in smoke. Mm, I'm out. You too? Yeah. 
I guess we do without. Yeah. Control one to eight okay. Control one to eight okay. You're clear. Code one. Eighty-two to control one. Roger. Clear. 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 Eighty-two